turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Duncan is out of donuts. Uh, maybe not the Dunkin' Donuts near you, but it could be soon. A picture of a sign in the Dunkins in Baltimore has gone viral. It says, we at- apologize, but due to supply chain issues, we do not have donuts today. Dunkin' Donuts doesn't have donuts uh, because of supply issues. What's next? No ice cream at Dairy Queen? I mean, there are stories out there about a possibility of a turkey shortage for Thanksgiving, and there are reports that food shortages could become a problem worldwide. Uh, I don't know. Those big crates you see in all those pictures, of the, the shipping uh, containers that are piled up on the shore, uh, do they have donuts in them? Like Dunkin' Donuts, Creamfield? I don't think so. Anyway, we do have a, pr- a transportation secretary who has been working for two months, and nobody knew it, which doesn't say much for the importance of his position, I guess. But Pete Buttigieg has been on paternity leave, or is it maternity leave? I can't re- I, I, He has a husband. I don't know. It's all kind of confusing. But Pete makes $221,000 a year, which is about 10000 a month. And he's been at home for two months collecting checks, and he's not apologizing for it at all. He's doubling down, actually. He says it's not a vacation. It's work. You know, bottle feeding, changing diapers, something no nobody else in the history of the human race has ever had to do before. And, you know, like take time. Oh, it's unbelievable. He doesn't think you should be questioning it, by the way. Just pay for it and shut up. And then uh, there's Jen Psaki. She says Pete is a great role model on the importance of paid leave. I don't know if you knew it or not, but the Biden administration has been pushing for 12-week paid paternity leave. I think that's three months, which brings up the question for people like me who are old enough to remember when there was no such thing as paternity leave. And if there, uh, and if there was, it was a company that provided it. The government sure wasn't involved in it. And if my dad had taken two months off and stayed home every time one of his five kids were born, my mother would have killed him. Seriously. How did people get along for all those years without the father staying home with a baby for three months? And if having a baby requires the father to stay at home for three months, I don't know, maybe people should stop uh, having kids, at least think about not having them. If my dad had gotten three months off, he would have spent at least half the time playing golf, maybe two-thirds, and my mother would have been happy to get him out of the house. But let's hope Pete can get back to work in a hurry so we can still have Christmas. Oh, anyway, when we come back, I'm going to be talking to a priest from Wisconsin who's been forbidden to say Mass by his bishop, and he's coming to an event right here in Green Tree on Friday. Uh, and uh, Bishop Zubik in Pittsburgh has told his flock not to support it. And in our second half hour, how wokeness is killing the movies. Stick around. love our cellular shades from blinds.com they're beautiful and make our entire house feel more like home thousands of customers update their home every month with blinds.com whether you just moved to a new place or just want to give your home a little love this fall go to blinds.com for brand new window treatments and make your house feel more like home blinds.com makes it easy and affordable to upgrade your whole house with the latest styles premium materials and even motorization with no hidden fees or misleading quotes not sure where to start Get advice from a Blinds.com professional design consultant for free. Whether you want to do it yourself or have them handle the measuring and installation for you, Blinds.com has you covered with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Go to Blinds.com now to shop and save up to 35% off site-wide. That's Blinds.com for up to 35% off. Blinds.com. Pay over time with PayPal credit at Blinds.com. PayPal credit is subject to credit approval. Visit Blinds.com slash PayPal for details. Rules and restrictions may apply. You all have helped build 
build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. And Mike has an amazing offer for my listeners on his standard my pillows. You'll receive a standard my pillow regularly sixty nine ninety eight, only nineteen ninety eight now. And you also will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as my pillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard my pillow for just nineteen ninety eight, or call eight hundred seven one six eight zero eight seven and use promo code STAG. MyPillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you know you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. This is the John Stackerwald show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we spent a lot of time here talking about the research being done at Pitt with the uh, parts from babies who were aborted and the suspicion that some of the organs were removed when the hearts were still beating. And we've been asking why the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh hasn't spoken up about it publicly. but And, and people concerned for the uh, unborn child has been wondering the same thing. And their Celebrate Life Banquet is this Friday at the Doubletree and Green Tree. The keynote speaker is Father James Altman from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, and that has created some controversy. Father Altman joins us now. Father, thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I'm just uh, privileged. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, thank you. So why have you become a a controversial figure in the Catholic Church. I don't know about the, ca- the total Catholic Church, but you've become a controversial figure, I think it would be safe to say. Sure. <laughs> it, it happened really by accident. I simply was uh, speaking the truth, that you can't be a Democrat and be a Catholic, period, to end, um, because you can't, cause the Democratic Party stands for everything that the Catholic Church has for 2,000 years uh, taught against. So I thought, I didn't realize it at the time that that was particularly controversial, but it sure uh, like poked the hornet's nest because, as it turns out, uh, many priests and many bishops apparently are Democrat and they hate me. Well, tough. I don't care. Uh, hate me if you will. They hated Jesus because Jesus spoke the truth. And the truth is, you can't be uh, a supporter in any. That's like saying, "Well, I don't. I'm a supporter of the Nazis, but I don't. I don't believe in their little thing at Auschwitz." Uh, no, you can't be a Nazi. You right. can't raise your hand at Heil Hitler. Neither can you be a Democrat and be a Catholic. Period. So Wilton Gregory, Bishop Zubik, get your heads on straight and start saying the same thing. But they won't do it. And that's why we have 
what was happening at the University of Pittsburgh today, and you can't get Zubik or any of the other guys to stand up and say anything about it. You see, you pushed a button here because I'm getting irate. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you know, I was going to ask you about that, um, about, you know, because I've said here I was disappointed that the Catholic Church, the, 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 the Diocese of Pittsburgh, hasn't been all over this story at Pitt. I mean, it's right. been on Fox News. It's been, it's, and it's yep. gotten very, very little, if any, by the way, local coverage here. And yep. it should be getting local coverage. And t- it seems to me that the one way to make sure that everybody knows about it would be for the bishop to be knocking on the local TV station's doors and saying, hey, why aren't you guys doing yep. the story? Come and talk to me. Have a press conference. Right. Do something. But so I, exactly. I just came across something literally a few minutes ago because I, I wanted, you know, I was going to ask you about why uh, the bishop here has been, the, the diocese here, and in, in effect the bishop, has been mm-hmm. silent about what's going on there. But um, mm-hmm. the, I just saw that the, the bishop sent out a letter uh, to the flock. Uh, local mm-hmm. Catholics, and it said that, that it mentioned that what's going on at Pitt, and he said, I call on Pitt to, um, how did he put it, to uh, rethink their procedures, their protocols for research. Uh, yeah. That's speaking to the choir, literally, uh, right. but it's not making it public locally, as far as I know. Um, so, sure. is, is that why, shouldn't, I mean, here's the thing, Father, I, it seems to me that if, if the Catholic Church is as opposed to abortion as it claims to be, yeah. uh, with no uh, strings attached, then mm-hmm. there should be nuns praying the rosary outside the building where these um, experiments are going on, and the bishop yeah. should be somewhere uh, publicly demanding that something be done about it, or at least uh, an investigation right. be done to find out what's going on. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. 100% of the roughly 260 bishops in this United States should have spoken up publicly around the country, unequivocally condemning. Now, you know, we're quick to say, oh, God bless you. God bless you. But nobody says, God damn this behavior, because God does damn the behavior. You know, if you believe in God, you have to know we're his children, and he does not appreciate the fact that we're experimenting with the precious children. Uh, it, it just, it's so staggering to me. So this, and listen, you just quoted what the letter said from Zubik, right? But it was yeah. more like it's disappointed, or I forget the words you used that were in the letter, but like, how about you come out and just say point blank, get out of the Catholic church, get out of the Christian church, because no Catholic, no Christian can support this in any way. It is damnable. Yeah. Right? How about if you just use a little manly language? I'm so sick and tired of the pansies in their language. That they, that they choose for fear of offending somebody. Listen, babies are being slaughtered. We better get worked up about it. Like, like uh, Fulton Sheen said, Bishop Fulton Sheen said yeah. years, 70 years ago, he said, listen, if you've lost the capacity for moral indignation, for righteous anger, you have lost the capacity to love. Yeah, well, well you know, he, Bishop Sheen, uh, you could use a Bishop Sheen right now, couldn't you? You, you, oh, gosh, could we ever? But he told us 70 years ago, so there's no excuse for these bishops today, not a one of them. You tell me the name of one bishop, apart from uh, perhaps Strickland in Tyler, Texas, who has spoken up really with vigor. That's why they hate me, because I make them look bad. Well, tough. You know, that if we can't speak up with vigor on issues like this and realize that, you know, the, I think the money came... Fauci was involved in all this, too. This guy does not love us. He is not godly. He is godless. And why would we listen to anybody about masking, about about the the, uh, jab? Why would we listen to these people who who we know are evil to the core? Are they going to give us good advice? Obviously not. Why aren't the bishops standing up like men and saying it in the manly way? Right. Well, they don't, and yeah. so I'm just just furious about it. And then they have the audacity, as you well know, because I'm now controversial. I guess I'm a bit notorious to come after me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, bring it on. I will. T- I will take the stand at the, at this event in Pittsburgh. Come down, Bishop Zubik. I have a few questions for you, if you dare. But he's yeah. Well, you yeah, you they're not going to do it, Father. You've been canceled. Uh, yeah. What 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 was it that uh, what was the what was the last straw what the, that you said or did yeah. that caused your bishop out there in Wisconsin to forbid you from preaching or saying mass in public? Right. So I can tell you this exact. The first thing was he got all shook up when I said you can't be a Catholic and a Democrat, right? Because right? right. that really created a lot of notoriety unexpectedly. I just didn't see it coming. 
Well, did so that get you canceled? That in itself get you canceled? No, but it got him no. irritated. Yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah. Because you know full well, Wilton Gregory, McElroy, Tobin, to- the, the, the bad Tobin. There's a good Tobin in Rhode Island. And then you got Supich in Chicago. Some of the big wigs in our USCCB, they're all Democrats to the core. They, they, so, of course, they, you know, they, they would. I'm sure what they said, because I saw a letter from Supich. Oh, hey, Bishop Callahan, you've got a rogue priest. You better get him under control. So anyway, so things had settled down. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue again, I'm just telling my people, listen, this is an untried, untested, rush-to-mark jab. There's absolutely no scientific data of a, of a, you know, as a researcher, I understand the way research works and how, how it, when it's valid and not. Mm-hmm. I said, there's, don't be a guinea pig. You don't have to be anyone's guinea pig. You're, the Catholic teaching, in fact, Christ's teaching, is your, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You do not have to take the jab, period. And that's just from a religious standpoint. From a constitutional standpoint, being a lawyer, so you don't have to do it for that. You're, you have a right over your body. And, of course, the crazy left is all my body, my choice, except when it comes to this, right? So anyway, so I put in my bulletin, and I told the people from the, from the pulpit, listen, don't be anyone's guinea pig. Well, that sent the left through the roof. I don't even know how they found it, but they did, because I'm not, yeah, they did. Yeah. And, and so that was, that ultimately then almost swiftly got me canceled because I had the audacity to stand up for freedom from the, from the jab. For I had the audacity to point out the truth, the 100% truth, that this is an untried, untested rush to market. And, and listen, and you and I know both, no, you get, if you get the jab, you can still get COVID. Oh, it doesn't yeah. prevent you from getting it. And it doesn't prevent you from giving it to anybody else. You might not know this, but I've had COVID. I didn't even know it. I was, I was asymptomatic, but then I was on medicine for having Lyme's disease. And that medicine also is one of the medicines that has been uh, decried or, or uh, uh, like canceled as well um, to, that, that could fight COVID. And, and, and Trump came out and said it right from the beginning. Of course, he was attacked vigorously. Uh, so anyway, so I had COVID. My, my natural immune system, I just saw it recently where it's 47 times better than any jab, right? right. That's what got me canceled. To answer your question, yeah. ultimately, I simply said, don't be a guinea pig. And, and they left, went crazy. Well, bring it on. Left, I'm ready for you. So why is it, uh, what is it that, um, that makes bishops in the Catholic Church, uh, and, and I guess more than just bishops, a lot of just uh, everyday Catholics, Democrats, yeah. is it is it something uh, that goes back a long time and that, you know, just kind of a traditional thing? Um, is it because of their social programs and they've convinced these people that the social programs actually work instead of make things worse, which they normally do? Yeah. So I think really it really began to, to blossom this erroneous thinking uh, about 50 years ago, right after Vatican II, when certain people were in kind of control of things and they had this left socialist agenda. Never mind that the last 10 vicars of Christ have absolutely unequivocally in encyclicals stated that a socialism is, is damnable. And, and uh, liberals, uh, like St. Pius X said, the, the, greatest, the, the people most dangerous to the Catholic Church are liberal Catholics. The greatest enemy. Liberal Catholics are the greatest enemy of the Catholic Church. So, nevertheless, having said this and having had this teaching handed down to us with clarity for the last 10 Vicars of Christ, nevertheless, you've got these people that have now sort of taken over. And, and so they're not going to teach the truth because it's contrary to their own personal agenda. It started with more, most openly with Cardinal Dearden in Detroit way back in the 60s. So now you have a bunch of uninformed, ignorant Catholics. The bishop said to me, Bishop Callahan said to me in his office, because he, he was mad at me because he said, um, you're offending people out there. And I said, listen, I'm teaching. I've taught my people the truth for four years. I have fed them the truth, the un, unchanged, unchangeable truth, as I call it. Uh, and they, they are entitled. They want the meat and potatoes. They don't want some pansy, wimpy sort of a homily. And he said to me, and this is virtually a quote, 80, but yes, but 80% of the Catholics don't know right from wrong because we bishops have failed to teach them for the last 50 years. That's virtually a quote. So, I, so I'm shocked. I say to him, I said, do you hear what you just said to me? You just said to me that the Catholics don't know right from wrong, 80% of them, because you haven't taught them for 50 years. I'm trying to do that, and you're giving me a hard time. To we, which he responded, I'm very uncomfortable with this conversation. I thought, well, good. well there you have it. Yeah. Well, uh, I think Bishop Dearden might have confirmed me, now that you bring him up. 
Uh, Cardinal, that, that ended up being Cardinal. He was a bad, he was a very bad. He was a apostate. He's a very bad man. Now the sacrament is still valid. Always remember that. Yeah, because it doesn't depend upon the holiness of the minister. Mm-hmm. It did. I couldn't. I could Nothing I ever did. I'm not holy. I wouldn't pretend to be. Yeah, um, but great. Father, I'm, I, I don't have a whole lot of time here, so I want to get into a couple yeah, of things sure, here. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you are not allowed to say Mass in public, correct? Right. So right. how are you dealing with that? You're a priest. I mean, that's what, right. that's, that's what you're here for. Right. I see. Exactly. So why would they cancel any priest that's just trying to celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass? But listen, they stole, look, what, what, it was 18 months ago? When they locked our churches, they... They denied people, 70 million Catholics every weekend, the right to go and receive the sacramental grace necessary for our eternal salvation. They have one job to do. That's my job, one job. I have one job to do, and that's to make, bring eternal souls to heaven. Mm-hmm. And they tried to take that away from me. But listen, what, look what they did for the last 18 months. And they're still doing it in places. They're denying people access to the sacraments. Well, so that is you know, yeah, you know, that's the other thing, uh, and we're, we're talking to Father James Altman, uh, and you should Google him, James Altman, A-L-T-M-A-N, because I can't really go into everything that's involved here, but it, if you, especially if you're a Catholic, uh, Google him. But um, I said it, I've said at the time that, uh, um, I mean, I've been very much anti-lockdown, and I think all this hysteria yeah. is beyond stupid, but... Um, yes, <laughs> yes. But, thank you for, yeah. for being boldly saying so. Yeah, but... I've been disappointed from the beginning in when they started closing the churches, that that the yep. the priests and the local pastors and rabbis, for that matter, and imams mm-hmm. and anybody else, uh, yep. allow put up with that. There should have been people exactly. being, being taken out, and and uh, they should have had to bring down moving vans to take the people away for for ignoring yeah. that that edict. Right, and and the, right. none of the priests stood up. No, no, nope. no, they just let, they did it. They put up with, you know about you, the guy. Yeah, but you t- understand why? Because why? if they, if they, if they said one word against this fiat, this tyranny from the despot bishop, they would get canceled like me. So, uh, they would. Of course, you mean like the local, the individual pastors of, of the exactly. parishes. They couldn't. Exactly. So you know they're yep. out there, they feel that way, but they just can't say anything? And you think Correct. they should say it anyway? I think that, yes, they should. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Mm-hmm. So well, their silence is evil. Do you know the story of the guy, I think his name is Pavlovsky in, in, uh, in Canada, the pastor? Yes! What a hero! I had him on my show. Uh, he was great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so you've, you've, um, what should conservative Catholics make of the current pope? Who sure seems right. to be a socialist? I mean, he's the Pope. Oh, he's a spo- yeah. he's, he's uh, claimed to be infallible when speaking ex cathedra, speaking of the Church. Uh, right. How, how, what do you, how do you how do you how do you justify? How do you make that work? Right. All he's giving us is his opinion. He is not infallible in his personal opinions. Mm-hmm. And and all you need to know about where he's coming from is when he brought the Pachamama and set it in the altar in front of the altar of St. Peter's, or when he put Luther on the on the Vatican stamp. But when he put the beach ball on the altar next to the tabernacle, and I could give you a laundry list about the problems yeah. he has, and the fact that the last 10 vicars of Christ before him all said, you can't be a socialist and be Catholic. So um, he, is, uh, he has lost moral, all moral, moral authority and to a true Catholic. You know, those who, those who know their faith. Now, again, 80% apparently don't, according to my bishop, because they haven't been taught it for, for the last 50 years. But to anyone who's a real Catholic, they know full well this guy— bad news there's you know it, it, we can't be some we're all sinners we, we just don't look at it, you you don't rely on this person if if you just read the um the last couple paragraphs of the encyclical which uh said that uh the immaculate conception if you read that language you see what it means to say something infallible and, and really over the depending on who's counting over the last two thousand years then may, there's been maybe as many, four to seven times when the when the Pope has spoken infallibly. Mm-hmm. So these little opinions that Bergoglio talks about at thirty five thousand feet over the Atlantic in a press conference that's not an infallible statement. Every word that doesn't that comes out of his mouth is not fallible. We don't have a duty to obey something contrary to the Catholic Church's teaching, the unchanged truth for two thousand years. Father, and if he's spouting it off, and he does, you know, just bring, all you need to know is he brought the Pachamama. He brought the abomination into the temple, and to know that, you know what, done. 
done like the Christmas goose, done. Wow. Father, I'm out of time. It's a people okay. concern for the unborn child. You'll be at the uh, the Hilton, uh, the Doubletree and Green Tree this Friday. Yes, very soon. Thank you so much for, for uh, talking to me. God bless you. All right. Thank you, Father. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. General Colin Powell has died from COVID-19 complications at the age of 84. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton looks back at his military and political career. Powell served for 35 years in the U.S. Army and first worked in the White House as President Ronald Reagan's national security advisor. Later, he rose to the highest military position at the Pentagon as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, serving in that role during the George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton administrations. In 2001, Powell became America's first black secretary of state during the presidency of George W. Bush. Greg Clugston, Washington. The Biden administration asking the Supreme Court to block the Texas law banning most abortions while they fight over the measure's constitutionality plays out in the courts. That law has been in effect since September. This is SRN News. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash? out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn that common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah. That was us in 1967. So we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. There's one box that you'd run back into your burning house to grab. It's the box filled with your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Those sentimental, meaningful, irreplaceable moments. Hi, I'm Nick Mako. And I'm Adam Baselogger. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago so that we could help families save their memories from being destroyed by floods or fires. And it's not just natural disasters, Adam. Every day, videotapes and photos are slowly fading away, decaying, neglected in closets and attics. Digitizing your old media stops fading, and preserving those recordings means they are safe forever. It's like magic converting your shoebox of memories into digital files ready to watch and share. It's the only way to ensure your legacy is safe for generations. That's why over a million families have already trusted Legacy Box. Legacy Box is simple and easy, it works, and is safe. We'd love to preserve your family's collection. Don't wait. The risk is too great. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get started and save. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Qualifying for Medicaid is complicated, and the timing of your application is critical. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. The biggest mistake? Not consulting with a qualified legal professional before you apply. There's a lot at stake, especially for those with a spouse staying at home. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help you navigate the Medicaid rules so you can properly protect some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
On 28, outbound some volume delays from Route 8 up to the Highland Park Bridge. Parkway East, that's busy outbound. Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And seeing that Monday volume inbound, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West inbound, a little sluggish between Green Tree and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Looks like we've cleared out on the westbound Turnpike. It's now reopened past Newcastle with that incident in Ohio cleared. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight will be clear and moonlit. We'll see a nighttime low of 41. Sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow. It'll be pleasant in the afternoon with a high of 67. A moonlit sky tomorrow night with a low of 47. Mostly sunny skies on tap for Wednesday. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 70. Thursday, cloudy, a couple of showers. Breezy in the afternoon with a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I used to be a big movie guy. My wife and I would go to at least uh, one movie a week, and we probably went to see 70 movies a year, something like that. That was before COVID-19 hysteria uh, ruined the world. And, And I'm a theater guy. I think that's where movies are meant to be seen. And I've been wondering... If people have been going back to the movies again, if they're getting back into the theaters, uh, and uh, which ones? Christian Toto is the purveyor of Hollywood in Toto.com, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Christian. I appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. So how are the big movies like uh, James Bond and Halloween uh, doing these days at the box office? You know, it's a real mixed bag. I have to say, I think in some ways, the audiences have come back a little bit more than I expected. I was really kind of... Uh, skeptical of how far the uh, the pandemic bounce back would happen. And uh, we're seeing movies like Halloween Kills, which came out last weekend and was available on Peacock, which is a streaming platform. So you can literally just sign up, stay at home and watch it. And it still made about $50 million. That's a really big haul for a movie like that. It's a horror movie. It's R-rated, so it's yeah. not for everyone. Yeah. And yet the weekend prior... After more than a year of waiting and waiting for a new James Bond movie, we had No Time to Die, which made, I think, around $56 million. And that was only in theaters. Again, Daniel Craig's last movie is Bond, a big Bond production. Um, you know, who's going to be the next Bond? Had all the buzz, all the media attention, everything you'd want. That's a pretty soft debut. So lots of interesting factors going on in play at theaters. And they're not dead. But uh, I think the game is changing. Yeah, James Bond is, uh, I mean, that appeals, it's a PG-13, and so it appeals for to people from that age, 13, 14 years old, all the way up to 90. People, rem- you know, they go back 50 years with James Bond, more. Yeah, you know, I think that the Bond franchise has done a pretty good job of modernizing it while keeping most of the main elements in place. There have been some sort of nips and tucks, but the last couple of Bond films, I've done very well at the box office, and this one didn't. Now, I, part of the reason, I think, is that when you heard the marketing for Bond for the last year, it was, this is a new Bond, you can't have the old Bond, Bond yeah, girls yeah, are passe. Yeah. Right, right. You know, uh, even the director of this new film, Carrie Fuganaga, said that uh, Sean Connery's version was kind of a rapist at times with some of his behavior. So there was this, this sort of drumbeat of new Bond, woke, new age, new whatever, and I think the hardcore fans said, yeah, I'll wait till this comes on home video. I, you know, listen, there, there are lots of different factors in play. Bond does skew a little bit older because the franchise is, has been around for decades. But, you know, it didn't seem to bother the, uh, the previous Bond movies, which made much more money. Uh, the headline of the piece uh, on your site at, uh, Christi- at uh, HollywoodandToto.com, the headline <clears throat> says, uh, Show business doesn't apply to woke Hollywood. Uh, yeah, you know, it's been fascinating for me to watch. Um, the Bond example is just one. Uh, you know, late night TV is certainly progressive and certainly woke in its content. And their ratings, uh, they can't even keep up with Greg Gutfeld, who's on a cable channel. And he's sort of the new king of late night. Saturday Night Live, their ratings were tanking. There have been previous franchises that have gone a bit woke, like the Terminator series and Charlie's Angels. They've crashed and burned. It's just really interesting to see how, when you think about this marketing technique, when you think about this sort of this push I don't think it's got mainstream appeal, and yet Hollywood keeps on keeping on, and they don't seem to realize that they're making this huge error. And, you know, the case of James Bond, literally leaving millions on the table because a, a successful Bond franchise is a blockbuster, and this one's going to really struggle to make make up all the money that they poured into it. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, 
I remember going to see, um, I guess it was Goldfinger, uh, at the theater, at the downtown theater in Pittsburgh when, this was so long ago it was, it used to be that the really big movies would show up on a downtown theater uh, first. Then they would come out to the suburban theaters. So if it was a biggie, you got dressed up and went downtown and went to the Warner or the Stanley Theater uh, in Pittsburgh, and that's where you saw the movie. Uh, and uh, James Bond was a big, big deal. And 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 so they're it's it's like they're they're trying to they're going to reinvent him now and say that well we don't want him to be chasing women around and you know that's just not that's just not what we do these days I mean he's James Bond that's what he does he does he chases yeah I don't you know I don't understand it you know and I get to give credit to the broccoli family they have basically kept the rights to Bond to the years and for all the marketing that Bond is woke and Bond is new and Bond is this the movie itself I didn't find very woke at all I mean. Bond does fall in love. There's a, there's a love story that's stronger than most Bond adventures. And there's a couple of little moments here and there, but they really kind of kept to the formula. But you didn't know that if you read all the marketing and read all the interviews. So I really think they did. I think the I think the the, uh, the people behind the scenes knew to keep Bond mostly intact. But the marketing just said, "Hey, we're we're going to push this this new this new fangled idea." Not realizing there's a massive disconnect between what that idea is and the hardcore fans. Well, they've made billions, literally billions of dollars uh, from comic book characters, DC and Marvel. And uh, now they think Superman's son and Batman's buddy Robin uh, being bisexual makes their product more appealing. Who? What bubble are they living in to believe that? Well, again, listen, you can do what you want. If it's DC Comics, they've got, they've got full control over these titles. But again, this is not a mass interest situation the fans have not been clamoring for these changes i think there's a very very small community that have been clamoring for these changes and so i think what they do when they do this that they risk alienate longtime fans who are loyal and like the canon of these comic books and maybe don't want these significant changes and i, I you know i think as a culture we're a-okay with with new heroes who who maybe have different lifestyles and that i don't think that really kind of bothers people but when you see these beloved characters who people have grown up with for years if not decades and all of a sudden they've been artificially changed in a way that maybe doesn't feel organic then they kind of think oh gosh this isn't what i'm used to you know so i i think the people who are making the changes aren't looking at the marketplace they're looking at hey this is what i want to see this is what my twitter feed wants to see not realizing that maybe this could hurt sales yeah how about leaving well enough alone what about that for a concept I mean, that, you know, something that's been spectacularly successful for 50 years, you know, maybe tweak it a little bit, but you don't need to, you know, to just totally blow it up. Listen, I, last week um, I mentioned I had a list of all the uh, the, the changes with the superheroes. Uh, Supergirl is bisexual. Bat, uh, Robin is bisexual. Um uh, who else? I, I I can't even. It was a long list. Iceman. I think there's a gender. Yeah, yeah there's a, a, a long list. There. A long list. Mm-hmm. And and if and and if five percent of the people in the country are gay, then if if you have twenty superheroes, if you want to be representative of the population, you'd have like one or two, not fifteen. Which is where it's headed now. It's just it it makes no sense. It, it, it there's it just I don't know who it's supposed to appeal to. It's insanity. Yeah, and I think the interesting I think that the, the culture is much more open and forgiving and tolerant than it was fifty, sixty years yeah, ago, maybe right. even thirty or forty. So I don't think it's the the fact that these characters are the way they are now that's so I think it's just the, the cumulative effect that, you know, uh, sports teams are changing, this is changing, yeah. that is changing. So even if it's done well, there's a sense that, oh, gosh, that this is the new movement. It's like, you know, it's like they've been talked about Idris Elba being the next Bond. He's a black actor. Yeah. I think on paper, everyone would be on board with that because he's a, a good-looking guy. He's charismatic. He's got the acting chops. Yeah. You could see him playing a Bond-like character. But when you mention, oh, they're going to you know, make a woke Bond by, by having the person of color. So I think even when the, when the results could be good, I think we have a cultural sense that we're being sort of bombarded with change that – doesn't necessarily, you know, reflect what's what's necessary or, or what's you know needed from the public. Well, what, weren't there stories out there about the uh, the considering considering a black woman as the new James Bond? 
Well, the new film has uh, Lashana Lynch plays a new agent. She is the new 007 okay. because James Bond in the film retires. Okay. So it does make sense within the, sort of the, 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 the story itself. And again, they promoted it as being super woke, and now 007 is a black female. But, you know, it's not really the case. She's a good character. She's in the movie. It makes sense within the, the grander scheme of things. There's a nice friction between Bond and her. So I think they marketed it a certain way, and yet the actual film is different. And again, I don't think Bond fans are going to bother that there's a person of color who is an agent. Bring it on. We don't. We, we know we're not. We don't feel any sort of animosity toward that kind of change. But when you take a beloved character that we watch with our you know, with our kids and our grandkids, and we've been seeing it for decades, and you have wholesale changes, or at least the the promise of that, then I think there's sort of a disconnect. Yeah, um, we're talking to Christian Toto of uh, HollywoodInToto.com about movies and uh, wokeness and wokeness and whether or not it's a good business idea. Um, would anybody have the guts, uh, you know, talking about comedies now? I mean, as people say comedy is dying or dead because of wokeism, uh, is it dead in the movies? It sure is. I mean, when was the last time you saw a big blockbuster comedy in a theater? I can't remember. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. Hangover, Bridesmaids, Wedding Crash, yep. but those are they were know, all years too, and years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I have, to, I have to steer your listeners. David Zucker is the uh, the genius behind the Airplane film, yep. the original film. He did other uh, excellent comedies, but that's really his calling card. Mm-hmm. He wrote a great op-ed. It might be in the New York Post, and it's been kind of carried elsewhere, about the state of comedy today, why comedy matters, why the woke movement is killing comedy. It's beautifully written. It's funny. It's subversive. It's interesting it's insightful and you know when people like david zucker and mel brooks talk about comedy and why we can't have these woke rules i think we should listen they're the best they know what they're doing they've made iconic films i think people just across the landscape should listen to what they have to say they've got a lot of wisdom and they're still very funny people would anybody have the guts uh, to make animal house today oh gosh no <laughs> you know usa today had a piece maybe two years ago from a young reporter basically saying, oh my gosh, we can't do this, we can't do that. You know, she did stop short of saying we should cancel the movie outright, but she was aghast at it. But you know, the bottom line is Bluto, played by John Belushi in the movie, was a jerk, was a misogynist, was the kind of guy you don't want your son to grow up to be, and you don't want your daughter to marry. And that's okay. It's a comedy. It's not a training film. It's not a morality play. He could be outrageous and crazy and silly and dumb and crude. And we could laugh at it, and then we go home and we live our lives in a way that is unbluto like. Why? Why can't we laugh? Why can't we laugh at the the rapscallions on screen? Why can't we anymore? It's very frustrating. Yeah, and I, um, I mean, I grew up uh, watching uh, westerns on TV, and there were people who would now say that the Lone Ranger, you know, would 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 be just watching westerns would turn us all into gun toting murderers and gunslingers and you know we'd be out on the street in in uh, in a duel you know i just and it didn't happen that way i mean i i watched i grew up watching the three stooges and i wasn't out gu- trying to gouge people's <laughs> eyes out or hit them over the head with a hammer to see if it made that noise you know that they <laughs> uh, uh you know that, that they used to think kids were going to run around and hitting each other over the head with hammers it didn't happen it's just insane. How ludicrous the age we're living in is. One of the biggest genres of late are hit, is Hitman movies. Yeah. So the Hitman's Bodyguard, yeah. John Wick. Yeah. We see lots. Uh, I think there's a couple of new ones on Netflix. The names are escaping me. Those are movies where we have to cheer for the hero whose job it is to kill lots and lots of people illegally. Right. You know, they often kill the bad people. I get, I get that, but I'm pretty sure they maybe miss a couple times. Maybe they take out some innocence as well. But why is it okay to make hitmen movies, which that's all of a sudden the new rage is hip at school, and yet you can't see other things. You can't have an Animal House comedy. It just shows how woke is really, truly off the rails, and it makes no sense. And I, I almost think at times it's, it's done that way on purpose. Yeah, I uh, I wrote a book that did pretty well here locally uh, about ten years ago, and and you know Mister Rogers is a saint here in Pittsburgh, and I I actually uh, mentioned in there that if I had a son, um, I would 
and it was a choice between watching Mr. Rogers or the Three Stooges, I'd go with the Stooges. I let's, I just, you know, I like I like the Three Stooges, and I I thought uh, Mr. Rogers came across as a sissy. I mean, that's how, I'm a bad guy for that, but that's sorry, that's you know, that's that's uh, based on my my own experience. Um, so, is, is there uh, anybody out there uh, smart enough to see? How much money uh, someone like Fox News has made by appealing to the non-woke and do it with movies? Why isn't somebody out there showing, uh, coming up with ideas that uh, purposely go against the grain and so that they can attract the people who have been waiting for it? Like they did, they waited for Fox News for 50 years. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think on a big scale, no. You are seeing some sort of little bits of rebellion going on. You know, the Daily Wire just announced they've hired Adam Carolla to do a comedy show. They've got multiple films in the works. I don't think that they're overly political films. I think they're just sort of films where they can just do what they want to do and not have to abide by certain bylaws. So I think that's happening. I think on a smaller scale, uh, there are digital comedians, Ryan Long, J.P. Sears, who are doing it. They're on YouTube. They've got podcasts. They're very successful in their own right. Joe Rogan is one of the kings of the podcasting realm. And, you know, he's not even right of center. He's just a guy who speaks honestly and openly and asks questions and, and, and wonders about things aloud. So I, I think there are real signs that there's a hunger for all this content, but there's no main, you're not going to see, um, you know, NBC or Paramount Pictures or uh, Netflix really producing something that kind of just, uh, you know, pokes fun at this whole culture. You, you see dribs and drabs, you see little bits here and there, but not on a massive scale. But I, I think if you did one comedy that was just outrageous and in the tone of a Caddyshack or Animal House, I think people would run to see it. And I think there'd be all the outrage around it. And I think it would just make so much money. They say, well, I guess maybe woke his time has come. I'm, I'm waiting for that day. Maybe I'll write it. I'll come up with a script. Hey, I got like 15 seconds. Uh, real quick, what did you think of the Sopranos, um, the, the movie? Uh, and do you think it's going anywhere? It's going to become a series. Uh, deeply disappointed. Love the show. I thought this was a really underwhelming experience. Uh, it did by the, the box office. It seems like it's doing well in streaming. That may be enough to kind of spark more prequels, but I think David Chase should up his game. Hey, okay. I appreciate it. Uh, Christian, I'm out of time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. That's Christian Toto. You can find him at hollywoodintoto.com. Got some great stuff there and I'll be right back. Actually, I lied. I'm, I'm still here because I want to tell you about uh, MyNicotineTest.com. Started telling you about this last week. Uh, you, you have to know, maybe you smoke yourself, first of all, but, or maybe you have to know someone either in your family or a friend who smokes and would like to quit. And this is the new way to do it. It's, you can go to MyNicotineTest.com. And the way it works is you take a, uh, you do a urine test on a strip and they take that um, information and they individualize it to your personal chemistry, and you can do it with your smartphone, and it guarantees the highest highest success. Uh, it's a science-based approach, and it has a quit rate of 70%. That's huge, 70%. And you don't have to be ready to quit entirely. You can quit at your own pace. But again, it goes by your chemistry, and you do it with a urine test, and uh, 70%, 70%, it works, and it's going to work for you if you try it. MyNicotineTest.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire infrared grills from besthotgrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire infrared grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. 
BestHotGrill.com. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. And Mike has an amazing offer from my listeners on his standard my pillows. You'll receive a standard my pillow regularly $69.98, only $19.98 now. And you also will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products, such as my pillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, and so much more. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard my pillow for just $19.98 or call 800 800- 716-8087 and use promo code STAG. My pillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you know you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-716 8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard My Pillow. That's mypillow.com, promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. I'm Andy Solomon. If you see something, say something is more than just a slogan. It's how we protect our communities. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security's If You See Something, Say Something campaign program manager Ryan Streeter shares more. To keep our communities safe, it's important for us to stay alert and report suspicious activity. If you see suspicious activity, report it to the nearest local law enforcement agency. Be ready to describe what and who you observed, as well as when, where, and why it was suspicious. September 25th marks the fourth annual If You See Something, Say Something Awareness Day, and DHS is encouraging everyone to participate. Use hashtag Day to post on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to share why recognizing and reporting suspicious activity is important to you. You can also visit our website for more ideas and share important resources to inform others. To learn more, visit dhs.gov slash day. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, this is a Steeler Monday, so how about if I finish off with a little... Ah, some thoughts on what happened last night. First of all, the Steelers are very, very lucky that Russell Wilson did not play because if he had played, they did not. They don't win the game. But um, you know, I got to give them credit. They did what they had to do. They beat a team. Uh, took them overtime to do it. They beat a team that's uh, well, not very good right now. One of the worst defenses in the league. But you know, that's you can only play the teams they put in front of you. And they beat them, and they did what they had to do, and Ben Roethlisberger played well enough to win. Uh, I'm still waiting, and I'm, I'm, I know people on Twitter are, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Steigerworld. People are getting annoyed with me because uh, they think I'm obsessed with Najee Harris. Uh, I just don't think he's, um, he hasn't shown any greatness yet. And that's not to say that he stinks, or not to say that he's not even good. He might end up being great. He still could be. I, I, I just have not seen any sign of greatness. I haven't seen one run, a jaw-dropping run. He's probably touched the ball more times in the first six games than any rookie has ever touched the ball in six games in Steelers history. And the longest gain he has from scrimmage is 20 yards. You know, I'd expect to see a nice... I know the offensive line isn't that good and all that stuff. um, But, you know, a a back can show greatness... By getting something out of nothing. Haven't seen it happen with him yet. Maybe next week. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.